Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I am your host, Lindsay McCowan, and it is my great pleasure to be here today with you. And this is a sanctuary for you to land every week and feel connected to women just like you through the conversations that we have with our amazing guests. And today we have another amazing guest. But before I introduce this incredible woman, I would like us to do what we always do is just to drop into our hearts and take a few breaths so that we can center and be present for this moment in time and for this conversation. So let's just close your eyes if you're in a place where you can do so, so not if you're driving, and if it also feels safe and comfortable for you. And then just bring your awareness to your breath and take some long, deep, full breaths in and out through the nose. And just allow this breath to be a tether that brings you into this moment that settles the body and quiets the mind and allows you to feel into your heart coming back into the sacred abode of the heart. And we can ask our heart today, what would it be like to approach your life with wonder and curiosity instead of fear and judgment? If you brought wonder and curiosity into your life, how would it impact your work? your relationships, your home, and your view of yourself. Wonder and curiosity. So take a deeper breath into that. And a nice big exhale through the mouth. And then when you're ready, come back, opening your eyes or presence yourself in this space. Because in today's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically, we have the pleasure of having author and leadership coach, Marga Odohoski with us. And she's going to be discussing with us the importance of cultivating wonder into our lives and why that's important for greater resilience, mindfulness, and peace. Now, Marga is a speaker, a coach, author, whose mission is to bring together the integration of research and practical skills to help people thrive during challenging times. She supports leaders to recognize that leading is who I am, not what I do. Her coaching style employs a whole person approach that empowers individuals to align with their future self, their values, build awareness, and move towards their goals with confidence, clarity, and conviction. As a faculty member at the University of Virginia, she taught mindful leadership and experiential-based academic courses and workshops. She consulted with both the Darden School of Business and McIntyre School of Commerce. In addition, she has been guest faculty with the Federal Executive Institute and the Brooks Institute. Marga is currently writing a book on the one, uh, topic of wonder and is here today to share with us how to bring more wonder into our life. So, Marga, I'm so happy to have you here. And this is like, I was telling Marga before we started uh, the show that I have this um, painted rock that someone gave me. 
It's beautiful. They gave it to me a couple of years ago and it says wonder on one side and all on the other. And I just keep that in the center of my altar. And every day when I sit there and bring in my prayers and my meditation, I see that like, oh, I would want more wonder in my life. And I would love to hear from you, Marga. Okay. What is wonder? Like, what does it mean to you and how would you define it? Yeah. Well, I love the, the way you described um, the word on the rock, right? And just your feeling that you got from um, just imagining like what all the wonders are. And, and even your introduction of um, um, in the meditation, how you ask the question, you know, what if you had more wonder at work or in your daily life and um, things like that. So I, I think we all have um, the essence of wonder around us and it's really tapping into it. So it's stepping out of that, um, you know, we have that voice in our head that's full of fear that's telling us everything that's wrong. And, um, and that really, um, you know, the ability to quiet that voice and then what's left, ah, wonders left, right? You know, possibilities are left. The present moment is available. Um, so I think the reason why I picked wonder is when I was looking at um, thinking about, you know, all the things that I've done and what people have been talking about for the last couple of years, because I am an executive coach and people are have been in, um, you know, feeling really stressed, really depleted from um, being on Zoom all the time um, and just really in fear of the uncertainty that's going around um, with health and with their jobs and things like that. So, um, in, and just experience in that in people, um, helping them see that there are possibilities. Um, I had the opportunity to have a conversation with um, Marty Siegelman, who's kind of like one of the fathers of positive psychology. And he talked about how in this time, it's so important to bring hope and optimism to people. And the word wonder just popped up as just like the one word. I love like one words, you know, that really say something and give people a feeling. And so just saying the word wonder, people get excited. I noticed that. So, yeah. So writing a book on it and like the book isn't written yet. <laughs> I'm in the process of writing it, but um, I think about all the different um, uh, stories over time that I've had and all the different um, practices um, and all the different um, things that science is bringing out now that can help us bring more of that quality of wonder in our life. I would say it's a quality. Um, and I think about, you know, like, I love the one word. I mean, affirmations are pretty big, but for me, and this is just for me in my experience, like when the affirmations are long or you have a ton of them, it's harder for me to connect because there's so much there. Um, and I know it's different for everybody, but for me, just having that one word that I come back and let it be the word that's really resonating with me in that moment and really flesh it out, spend some time with it. What does wonder mean for my work? What does wonder mean for my finances? Like, would we ever ask that question? Mm -hmm. And what does wonder mean? Like, 
because uh, I think, you know, it's fun sometimes to think, oh, you know, if you think of wonder being this unexpected, inexplicable, um, awe-inspiring thing, you know, what would that be like for your finances to suddenly like receive a beautiful gift? And that would be inexplicable. Like I just had this or have a flood of clients come in at the last minute when you need it. That'd be, you know, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as adults, at least for me, it's been a, some time working with this word that we associate that word more with, you know, a childlike approach to life or like, like a young child looking with wonder upon the world. And we, as we age and have more responsibilities, um, I feel like we get further and further away from that connection to wonder. And so I'd love to hear from you. How, how do we bring that back in? How do we get connected to that word again? Yeah, I think, Um, That's a really good question. So I wanted to share um, with your audience, um, your listeners, um, three ideas that I think can help um, invite more wonder into your life. So one is future thinking, which is, is it comes from positive psychology. And um, the term is called prospection. And interestingly enough, UVA professor um, Tim Wilson um, helped coin that term. So um, local, <laughs> local person. And, um, and I love future thinking because it, it is all about possibilities and it's about imagination. And I think tapping into your imagination and looking at the different possibilities that you can bring forth is really important. Um, in cultivating wonder. And so, and it's future um, thinking, not from fear, because I think a lot of us project into the future, but there's so much worry and fear and doubt and uncertainty, and we get really kind of freaked out. Yes, yes. That is a really good point, because we are uh, actually, through the science, wired for future thinking, but we could go to the dark side and think about, oh my God, all the things that are going to go wrong. But we do have, um, you know, through, you know, the practices of meditation and mindfulness and all the things that we can calm that side of our mind and step into um, our more imagination and possibilities. So would you suggest that if someone's, you know, going to begin to use their imagination to explore what their future could be like? to do some practices prior to doing that. So like to centering practices or breathing practice or something like that in order to make sure that the fear-based mind isn't having a conversation or help in, in the mix creating the story. Yeah. Or, yeah. There, absolutely. Yeah. There's some great practices. Um, I would say if you're really down and out, the first practice would be to be um, to do something for somebody else. So that would be the first practice. We're also wired to um, to be givers in our life, to um, give. And so the result of doing something for someone else um, gives you a lot of um, neurological good feeling benefits, right? So to get you into a better place, if you're in a real low place, um, you can't even think of any positive future possibilities, start with just doing something. Um, nice and good for somebody else. 
and they will benefit and you will benefit as well um, emotionally to kind of raise yourself up to maybe the next level. I think the second thing related to that would be um, journaling, just writing down. I love morning pages. Um, and um, that's just like free writing in the morning, your thoughts. Um, another good activity with writing is um, the three things that went well today and why they went well. Oh, I love that one. Instead of like what went wrong. Right. I feel like we've been that we've become conditioned to look at what is wrong first and then we complain. I mean, I catch myself in that all the time. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. what's, what's going right? And, right and why? I love that. I haven't done that piece of it. Like I've practiced looking at what is, you know, happening and going well, but I don't often look at the why. I can imagine that is really um, offers some great insights. Yeah. It does. It definitely offers, um, it, it makes it more tangible, gets um, you into a deeper kind of reflection of the day. Um, I think it's different than, um, you, you know, there are gratitude. It's similar to a gratitude practice, but um, just anything that went well, you know, mm -hmm. um, during the day. Um, those are some really, really great ways to... Um, to start with future thinking. Now you mentioned earlier about um, more of intention, I think. Um, made me think of, um, I used to give my um, university students living assignments, right? So instead of like, well, I mean, they had to do some writing and reading as well, but um, to actually take the assignment into their world. So, you know, what if you lived this day with enthusiasm, right? So what if you just had that intention, like you walked out into the world and you were enthusiastic? That would be your assignment. And then at the end of the day, see what the results are, you know, perhaps for you or for the people around you. Oh my gosh, I love that. And so that's really about the three things. You can look at the three things that went right. Like if you had that one thing, like, okay, I'm going to go out there and be this living experiment of what it is like to be enthusiastic and then really like go for it and, and then see the impact on your own nervous system, on your own life, on the people around you, then it's like you're physically training yourself. And it sounds like you're like combining, getting the, the neurosynapses to align and teach you and wire you for enthusiasm. Do I have that right? I would think so. I mean, I, I haven't actually studied it, but I, I'm sure somebody has. But yeah, you absolutely, you're, um, you're priming yourself to move in that direction. You might forget during the middle of the day and you have to re-remember, oh yeah, I'm going to be enthusiastic when I walk into this coffee shop and talk to the barista, right? Um, so yeah. And then it just, you know, it just feels like it will just be a body memory for you. Yeah. 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 And you can play around with different kinds of intentions. I remember going to a meeting with a very important person. And as I was walking to the meeting, I thought, well, what's my intention for the meeting? And the, the word that came to mind was connection. This was our first meeting. I knew he was a very serious person. And I thought if I can just make a connection 
um, that would, that's all I wanted. Now I didn't know how I was going to do that. Like you don't know how things are going to happen, but if you go in intentionally, um, and sure enough, very serious, very matter of fact person, but we sat down and we started talking and, you know, he eventually uncrossed his arms and, you know, relaxed and started laughing. And so then I felt, okay, we made the connection, right? But it wasn't like I was going in there, you know, forcing it or making it happen. It was just bringing that intention, having that intention in my heart and my mind. And then, um, yeah, seeing what happens in the moment, like staying in the moment. I love the simplicity of that, like having that one word and just being open, like what did, how is this going to un- unfold mm-hmm. and not trying to force anything and just be present to that and just seeing how that word can, you know, evolve for you and the people you're around in that moment and not have an expectation or attachment to it. Um, and so we can do that with wonder, right? Like, let's mm-hmm. see what, what is it going to be like to have more wonder in our day to day and see how that affects me and the people around us. And um, so I know I kind of asked you some questions and, and got us, you know, off track with a I don't, I don't think it's off track. I think it's just all perfect conversation, but we were talking about, you know, the future thinking mm-hmm. and bringing in that imagination and you were helping us understand like, oh, if we can't quite get there yet, you know, because the fear and all that's coming in, we can do things like morning pages and um, exploring the, a word that, you know, can really help us connect to maybe wonder, enthusiasm, or maybe yeah. even have that word be a living experiment for the day so that we can come back and be more present to writing out our, what we want our future to be like. And um, we have to go to a short break here in just a few seconds. So when we come back, maybe we can come back to the, the other two steps that you were going to share with us. Does that sound good, Marga? Yes, it sounds great. Okay. Yeah. So we are already at our first break of our show, but don't go anywhere because when we come back, Morgan's going to share with us the next two steps so that we can start to bring in more wonder into our life. So we'll be right back on, where are we? The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, You awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm your host, Lindsay McCowan, and today we are joined by Marga Odahaski, and she is here to help us learn how to bring wonder back into our life. And before the break, she was teaching, uh, sharing with us one step um, on how to do that. And this is all, all these steps are, or ideas or ways are based on science. And the last, the first one she shared with us was future thinking, how we can bring our imagination in um, so that we can start to cultivate more wonder. And she actually has a practice for us to do around future thinking. Yeah, this is a really fun practice. And um, so many of my clients love it. It's called, and has a really fun name too. It's called Whoop, W-O-O-P. Whoop. <laughs> Whoop. <laughs> I feel like we should have a salt and pepper song come in right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, they I actually- I might've gotten that wrong. I think it was, uh, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, this is based on science. Uh, I guess in the show notes, you could put the link to it. Um, there's a, a website and an app. Um, it's called Whoop My Life. And um, the W stands for wish. So what's your wish? You know, what's your dream? What's your future like wish, right? What's the outcome? What do you envision like this wish would bring you? Um, and then the, the second W is obstacles. What are the obstacles that would get in the way? And what I like about this um, um, format for the obstacles, they say, what are your inner obstacles and what are your outer obstacles? We often don't address our inner obstacles. The things we talked about earlier, you know, the fear that gets in the way, that is an inner obstacle. And then P is plan. What's the plan? So I think the brilliance in this. Um, so the plan isn't wishful thinking? <laughs> <laughs> the plan is actually your action plan, Right. Yeah, yeah, it's not wishful thinking. You actually have to do something. You have to do something. Yeah. So if you have a wish and you have an outcome and then um, you address the obstacles, then you start doing things. And they might be smaller, you know, as you different obstacles, internal or external, might come up. I know when I was writing my first book, you know, my students were like, you should write a book, you should write a book. And one of my internal obstacles was I'm not a writer, mm. even though I've obviously written things over my life, you know, um, papers and journaling and poems and articles and things, but I never really could say I was a, a, a writer. And um, 
I could say I was an artist because I've done a lot of painting pretty, you know, I could say that so just instantly and easily. So I really had to come overcome the obstacle, the internal obstacle. Of, I'm not a writer. I think know? it was Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, that said something to the extent that if you're writing, you're a writer. If you're writing in your journal, you're a writer. Yeah. And so I love that. She just gives you full permission to explore being a writer. I'm so glad that you're, you listened, that you overcame that inner obstacle and wrote your first book. Um, I think it's the, the Way of the Hammock, which I love that title. Yeah. It, it was a really fun book to write. I actually got so much help with it. You know, I hired editors and um, yeah, just all kinds of people to help me move it along. And it is, it's actually, I reread it and I'm like, this is a really good book. People should read it. It's got some really good ideas in it. Um, so yeah, it was really, um, really fun to write that book. Um, and so just to recap, okay, one, your book, the, the way the hammock is on Amazon, and it's, it's just a really beautiful way of how to design calm into your life. Uh, which I would love to hear how calm can actually help us bring wonder back in, but maybe we'll circle back to that after we um, go through like one whoop. I love this whoop my life. <laughs> the wish, the outcome, overcoming the obstacle. So, and then planning what's the yeah. plan. Um, so that is part of the the future thinking that we have to have know yeah. what we want. Number one, know what's getting in the way, and know. Um, what the plan is and then take that action. Right. Exactly. You know, actually the story of writing the book has, uh, um, might be a good kind of, um, story to tell with all these concepts kind of in it, because like I said, I wasn't, I didn't see myself as a writer. So then I started taking writing classes, going to writing workshops, um, going to the book festival. So overcoming my obstacles by the doing thing, right? You know, taking action um, slowly and surely. And then um, I guess, um, yeah, I had, I was like writing my book every summer at Fry Springs Beach Club, you know, people would be there. What are you doing? I'm writing a book. I, I kept writing, it seemed like summer after summer, I was sitting there writing this book. But, um, but not really. It was kind of like fake writing the book. And well, I kind of love that you're like <laughs> at the pool during the summer because you, you know, you, you went, you spent your summers in Wisconsin and the title for the book was kind of based on how these summers in, in Wisconsin just showed you the way of the hammock. So here you are relaxed. You're actually embodying really what the book is about. Exactly. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and then I, I saw um, Hay House was having a conference in Asheville on how to write a book and how to, um, I think, how to write a book proposal and how to get an agent. I already had written a book proposal and I already was talking to an agent, but I really wanted, um, I really wanted to have a Hay House book. So I was debating whether I should go to this event or not. So I decided to sleep on it. And um, in the middle of the night, I just had this um, voice that woke me up and it said, read Tracy. And he's the CEO of Hay House Publications. So I thought I'm going to the conference. 
And um, so just taking that action was super helpful. I didn't really know it at the time, but they, um, everyone that attended the conference could submit a book proposal. And then, I don't know, four or six months later, they would pick a winner. Um, and, and the winner won a book contract. So, um, so six months later, I got a phone call and it was like, Marga, this is Reed Tracy. Welcome to the Hay House family. Oh my gosh. I just got chills. I <laughs> love that story. Yeah. So, um, but you know, it wasn't like, you know, you, we talked about er- earlier kind of it's future thinking isn't magical thinking. There was way a lot of work that went into, um, into me getting this book before I won the, the contract, you know, I had done all the work before. So you did the whoop. Yep. Yep. I was prepared. And so I, I had gone through my obstacles and. And you also listened to your it. intuition. I mean, you already had, you know, the, the book contract or the proposal and an agent yet you woke up in the middle of the night and you had this intuitive fit and you're like, okay, I'm going to follow this. And it's because you didn't discount that or push it aside, but you listened to that inner guidance that you got really what you truly wanted was a was to be an author, a Hay House author, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that intuition, that inner guidance is key. You know, it's probably key to wonder, right? Um, how, do they, how would you say they relate? How, would, how do they relate? How do they I think, okay. I, I, one of the things I know with, which is true for intuition, for me at least, is when you ask a question, an answer will be revealed, you know, maybe not that second, but later on in the day. So I think, um, you know, wondering about like something is kind of like asking a question. So the, the action of wondering, wondering, not worrying, but wondering. Exactly. Yeah. I, I say go from worry to wonder, you know ask a question, more information, please. You know, it's kind of like that um, situation where you're, um, um, well, this might be a little different, but I know like if I've lost something, like I remember I lost my keys and I'm like, where are my keys? And as soon as I like let it go and go do something else, it pops in my head, look in your rain jacket, you know, cause it had rained earlier that day and it was in my rain jacket. So it's that kind of, Asking and then letting go process and then letting things under in the curiosity, just like, okay, I'm just going to be curious what comes yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, definitely curiosity. I love that. Yeah. So, um, so what would be the next way that we, um, after future thinking, what would come next? Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about um, expanded mind Expand. or, yeah, it's, or expanded thinking. Um, so uh, the research around that is that um, our mind isn't just located in our brain. It's relational. It's, it's around us. You know, it's um, um, having awareness of the sensations in our body, right? Um, interoception is the word, like the science word for like sensing, like I can feel my feet on the ground. Um, I'm in tune with it's kind of those gut feelings that arrive is like, Oh, you know, that was a stomach punch. Right. You know, when that person said that, that was a, like a gut feeling. Um, so getting in tune with kind of your expanded self 
is a really great practice, I think, for inviting more wonder into your life, like um, taking a walk in nature, right? I I remember once hearing somebody say, um, look at a tree and then let the tree look at you. Oh, my heart just kind of fluttered a little bit with that. Because when you're talking about just get into your expanded self, there's so many times I feel like this, like I'm anchored to my desk and I'm anchored to my stress. And I had to really extract myself and be like, no, go out into the woods. And every time I do, it's like, I just become so much more expanded. And I love to put my hands on trees and, and feel the, the energy between my palms. But I haven't done that extra. I'm, you're giving me so many new things to do. Marga. I, I feel like I'm just going to take the day off and go out in nature and <laughs> explore wonder and let the tree become me. And yeah. Yeah. There's a, um, a guy, Les Femi, who wrote a book on, uh, it's called Open Focus, which I really love. And it does um, talk about um, how we're narrow focused, especially like we're on this computer, right? We're narrow focused. We're on it all day. And um, they just talk about the different ways of focusing and open focus is expanding. So again, like expanding, um, expanding out and seeing, you know, opening your focus wider. So besides, you know, looking at my computer, I can see the wall behind and the plants and, you know, the space, right? And um, open focus is more about um, tuning into the space, even the space within you. So just, you know, noticing like the space between your eyes, just having awareness. Like, can you imagine the space between your eyes? Um, Or... Um, I know I've taken some yoga classes and can you imagine the space between your head and the top of the ceiling? Can you imagine the space between, you know, your shoulder and the other side of the room? I love when they do those exercises around space because there is a lot of science around that. And it's very relaxing when you get more into spaciousness um, because it puts you more into an alpha state. Um, And um, athletes are kind of more aware of this open focus thing, because if you think about it as an athlete, you might be training a skill specifically, you know, you should do this, you should hold it this way, you should, you know, all the details of a sport. But then when you're in the sport, you actually have to be in the space and you have to be in the moment. And it's, you're not really thinking, but you're just being more aware it's kind of that zone phenomenon. Yeah. And yoga, we call it spacious awareness. And it's just, it's the yummy place to be mm-hmm. where you, you know, are relaxed, but you're still present and able and, and that you're functioning from really a higher state of awareness, higher, what I wouldn't say the higher mind. Mm-hmm. The expanded, I guess the expanded mind is, would be similar to that. Yeah. Here's another example. I had back pain and I pushed it away. Of course, you don't want back pain. So then you go see everyone, the acupuncturist, the physical therapist, the doctor, the osteopath. I went to all of them. And then I finally went to the um, surgeons and they, you know, took an MRI. And the one surgeon said, yeah, you have exactly what my wife has. And sometimes she has pain and sometimes she doesn't. And that was like, whoa, okay, I'm going to go home and and check on this. (laughs) 
And I realized that I had never really accepted the pain or had been present with the pain or was curious about the pain. Um, And so I decided to do a a 15-minute daily practice of just being with the pain. And so when I did that, I watched the pain get big and get small. I moved to the right, moved to the left. Um, And it was just an amazing thing to just be in that space with the pain and being curious about it. And within a few weeks, the pain dissipated and disappeared forever. It's interesting because you're in this, you're in the space with the pain, but you're giving space for the pain to move yeah. Yeah. the body. Yeah. So instead to, of contracting around it and being so focused on the pain itself. Yeah. So that's what um, extended thinking is about. It's being in relationship with, um, yeah, yourself. You know, even if it's painful, even if it's an emotionally painful thing, just being able to be there. And we, you know, have learned that in our mindfulness training. I know we both have learned that. Um, But I, um, but I think adding that spaciousness quality and space to it um, might be a nice addition for people to check out. Yeah, it's so interesting because I'm, you know, in my my goddess, I'm doing a Awaken the Divine Feminine program where we each month we go through a new goddess. And the one that we've been working with is all about infinite space and having everyone really feel into the spaciousness of this particular goddess archetype and becoming that space. And and everyone always says, like, oh my gosh, I just feel so much more relaxed. I feel I can feel into infinite possibilities. I can feel um, the well of compassion come in and self-love can come in in that spaciousness. And we haven't mentioned wonder yet, but I can imagine like for me, when I'm in that space, I part of those infinite possibilities is to have more wonder. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. And um, yeah, I'll definitely share that book with you. Please um, do. Yeah, and their website, because I think you're... you're um, Try will like that information. Yeah. yeah, it's really super helpful. And so we're nearing, we're coming up on our last break of the show. And um, when we come back, we're going to hear, well, we've covered so far future thinking, extended mind, how to whoop your life. That's part of the future thinking, which mm-hmm. I love. And uh, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to put all these notes into the recording that I'll post on uh our YouTube channel. But when we come back, we'll hear the third step. uh, I keep saying step, but I know it's more of an idea Mm -hmm. or um, that we can bring in for cultivating wonder in our life. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Marga Urahaski. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, You awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. 
you become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. Connect with us and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I am Lindsay McCowan, and we are here today with Margo. Marga Odahowski, and we're talking about how to cultivate wonder. And Marga's already given us such a wealth of information. We've talked about the importance of future thinking, extended mind. We've talked about how to whoop your life up. <laughs> I don't know if that's how what you said, but I'm I'm, I'm I love I'm it. That in. Whoop your life up. <laughs> um, and then we're gonna drop right back in, and let's hear about the third way that we can cultivate wonder in our life. All of these techniques that Marga is offering are research-based and also mindfulness-based, which I love, the combination of the two. Yeah, there is. Um, so we're going to talk about design thinking. But before I move there, I do want to mention one other great activity that is um, related to future thinking and extended mind, and maybe even design thinking, which is probably a good lead into design thinking. So this is called street wisdom. And this is kind of a combination, um, I don't know, it's a neuroscience-based mindfulness program um, that's super fun, and it's based out of London. And what it is, is it's, it's going for like a wisdom walk. So let's say you have a question about your future, and you write down your question, and then you go for a walk, and you see what pops up you know, or where you're drawn to, like you might be drawn to stop in a shop and then you notice something that you notice. And it's a really fun activity. I'm going to be doing it um, later. um, I think maybe in October at Common House, through Common House, but um, it can give you some, and we talked a little bit about intuition. It's kind of like a combination of like mindfulness and intuition. You kind of center yourself, ask yourself the question, go for a walk, see what the answer is, and then, um, you know, have a little chat about it with the people that you've done this with, or if you can do it by yourself. I did it with a group of students. So I taught a, um, an online class during COVID for a group of university students, mindfulness and well-being. And um, we did a couple classes outside. And one of the classes was the Street Wisdom Walk which was so fun. They had such a great time. And some people had such amazing wisdom walks. One young woman was, um, you know, not feeling like she had friends, not feeling connected, feeling lonely. And I love that she had the vulnerability to share that with the class. 
And then, so she was asking kind of like, that was her question. Like, how can I make friends? Um, I think it was first semester, first year, you know, it was tough during COVID, right? So um, she went on her little wisdom walk and she came back and she was so happy and so excited because what she saw was some, um, I don't know, some girls with some sorority shirt, t-shirts on. So one of her answers was, like join a sorority, like get involved, do something, um, join some groups kind of thing. And then she got a text message from a friend from like 10 years ago who said they wanted to reconnect. And so, you know, it was just like, this is amazing, this wisdom walk thing. Now you might not get those, you know, extreme direct answers, but you do, you do get some really great information. And again, that's extending your mind, right? You're asking the street to give you the wisdom. Yeah, and not, I think you mentioned this uh, at, at one point, not to have those expectations or to force it, just like, okay, it's when we were talking about having the one word, like, okay, here's my one question. I'm going to step out here and I'm going to take this wisdom walk and just be in that almost like a surrendered and trustful state, like, okay, I'm just going to allow whatever information comes in and be curious. And then it just sounds like so much fun. That when you do get a message that comes in, you're like, wow, that is so amazing. And then guess what's there? Wonder. like That combination of awe, and it feels inexplicable, but exciting. So I love that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so we'll often like have a problem. We'll sit and worry about it when we can just let's take a wonder walk or, you know, a wisdom walk, a street wisdom walk and see. If that I like the wonder walk too, though. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll make it into your book. Maybe. Wonder walk. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about was design thinking, which is um, relates to the other two. It's more, it's um, uh, psychologists got involved with it probably, I don't know, in the forties and they saw what designers were doing and they thought, well, that's really interesting. They're really like, you know, they're into prototyping thing and being mistake positive and, you know, trying and then, you know, failing and then failing fast and trying again. And they thought, well, this could be helpful for psychology too. So it's kind of design thinking is kind of a mindset and a thought and, and a method, you know, and, um, and why I love it um, in teaching about it is that it is very forgiving because I think a lot of people, you know, they think, oh, I, I tried this practice and it didn't work. You know, I tried this meditation practice. I can't meditate. It doesn't work. Right. And so with a design thinking mindset, you're like, oh, I tried this. It didn't work. So I'm going to try something new. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to try to do it in a different way. I'll try it with a different teacher, you know? So it's, um, it's forgiving in that you can, um, you know, try things out. The other thing I like about um, design thinking is that it puts it like on paper or making a prototype or a structure. So if there's anything you want to do in your like future thinking plan, you know, can you do it in a small way, you know? So like, you know, startup companies, if they have a product, they're going to make like a small thing and test it out. So can you do a small thing and test it out? 
um, in your life. Forget like, you know, we have a product in our hand that we're so, you know, happy to have, but we don't understand how much time it goes into creating that product and how many times that they've tested it, how many prototypes there, there have been. And yet we're so impatient with our own lives. Like, yeah, I mean, we, we have to go through a lot of different tests to see what's going to work and what's going, especially if you're an entrepreneur in your own business, you got to be okay with testing new things and being okay with what might feel like failure, but it's really not. It's just giving that more information, mm-hmm. finding the design. Right. And I love, um, I do art on the side. So I love drawing and I love writing. I love making collages, you know, for future thinking. And so that's kind of part of the design um, piece too, putting it, making a model. So collages are really great for that. Um, I know one time I was, um, I had, you know, my annual exam. So I decided instead of like make my list of all the things that were wrong with me physically, I decided to draw a picture, you know, and draw my body and, and like, okay, you know, my toe hurts and whatever, you know, and, um, and then I gave that picture to the doctor and I said, here's the whole picture of what's, you know bothering me that I wanted to discuss today. And I think that that doctor was like, can I keep this? This is amazing. Like, because then, you know, they can see the whole thing um, versus um, you saying this and then switching topics, which could go to a different part of your body and they don't see the interconnectedness. Yeah. The visual is so helpful. I think it's so clever that you did that. If I was an artist, I would want to do that. Mine would be more of a stick figure. (laughs) I think I made a stick figure for that. I didn't do anything fancy. Don't (laughs) worry. (laughs) Um, What else do I love about design? Um, Yeah. I want to kind of like combine all these three and tell you about, um, um, well, one, okay, well, before I do that, one design exercise that comes from positive psychology is called Beautiful Day. And it is about like designing your beautiful day. So it's taking some time out and thinking about like, what would make my day beautiful, right? And, um, and then, you know, whenever the next day, living that day. I used to give that assignment to my students as well as a living assignment. And I would encourage them not to do their beautiful day on the weekend because we all can have a beautiful weekend, right? Yeah. (laughs) But can we have a beautiful like work day or school day? You know, how can we make our every day more beautiful? And um, that is a exercise from positive psychology that I think is um, combines like design thinking, you know, thinking ahead of like how you're going to design your day. And one of my students I know, she her beautiful day included like a lovely lunch at feast, right. And just savoring the delicious food and taking time to slow down and have a slow food lunch, you know, and she loved it so much. She incorporated that into every Friday. She would, you know, go out to lunch and have a nice lunch either alone with a friend and so it can be really simple it doesn't have to be like sometimes when we think about designing our life we we get caught up in this like over the top way that we think life should be to bring in happiness but it's the small simple things that can bring in the wonder and the curiosity and the calm and i love how you just share like 
you know, you've really brought it in how this concept of wonder that we've kind of, we're not as connected to as adults um, in a way that is completely doable, like the future thinking where we can, you know, just write out the three things that went well, we can um, start to bring in our imagination um, and live our day with more enthusiasm, like find our word and connect to that and live it out. And the idea of the extended mind, just going out in nature and feeling yourself expand out and maybe even do that exercise with the tree and let the tree look at you as you look at the tree. And then the the design thinking, which we're just creating like what a beautiful day would be like and going out and living it, not just writing it out, but actually going out there and having the lived experience. And all of these, all three of these kind of bring it into the physical body and in a way that um, we can experience that connection to wonder and that curiosity. And um, I just, I love everything that you've shared. And I really feel like there's so many other things that we could talk about. Um, but I know we're in the, nearing the end of our show. So I want to make sure people can connect with you, Marga, because you have so much to offer. And I know you're going to be doing a live event here in Charlottesville, Virginia in September and October at Common House. But if, for our listeners that are not local to Charlottesville, Virginia, they can reach you on your website at marga.com, as well as on Instagram, where, where you'll probably post on upcoming events. And that's simply your name, Marga Rahowski. But, you know, you're also a consultant and a speaker. I mean, you're a powerful speaker. So if you want Marga to come in and to your organization to share the wealth of information she has as a consultant or speak at one of your events, I mean, totally connect with her. She has so much more to offer. And I do hope that you'll come back and join us on a future episode. I would love that. Thank you so much. It's been so fun to connect with you and then all your listeners. And um, yeah, I would be interested to hear, you know, how wonder, how they have more, even more wonder in their day. Yeah. So, you know, leave us definitely a comment. You can comment, um, reach out to me through thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com or through Marga on her website or even in our Facebook group, which is Women Thriving Unapologetically, where we live stream every Thursday and we hang out for a few minutes afterwards so that if you have any questions, you can answer or ask them live and we'll do our best to answer them. So there we are. An hour has passed. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. And we hope that we have touched your life in some way today through this amazing conversation. And you can drop in every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And if you want to miss it live, you can always listen on the the replay on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or on Spotify, iTunes, all those other places. And please rate and review so that we can continue to share all of this wisdom from so many amazing women. Until next time, my friends, much love. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.